to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and my dopamine is through the roof now because I'm liking you a lot, dear friend of the pod. Dave's here to tell us why getting likes can lead to a thousand paper cuts. Okay, boomer. But before we (laughs) dig into last week's sermon, now that they've dropped a few pleasure bombs on us, let's welcome in our favorite nano social media influencers, Marin and Barry. Good day, guys. Hi there. (laughs) Nano social media influencers. Yeah, Dave, welcome. Hey. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, nano social media influencer, I learned, is the lowest level of social media influencer. What are you trying to say? And then? I don't even know if you guys apply. <laughs> you got to have at least a thousand followers mm. to be a nano. Wait, wait, wait. On Facebook or Instagram? Probably Instagram. Okay, yeah, then I don't I don't even register. My yeah. influencer, let's find out. <laughs> nano means I've, very sp- yeah, very, very little. So why is a thousand but nano? But less than that, you're not even an influencer. No, you you're, don't have you're, any you're don't influence know. anybody. I have zero I am a nano influence. I have a thousand ninety-eight followers. Wait, wait, wait. Yay! But what about Humphrey? Humphrey has <laughs> has like 800. He's he's not there yet. He's wait, on his how way. many followers? The- what are we looking at? <laughs> What's the drum roll for? Well, I thought somebody was going to... Marin, okay, how many now, followers do you, you have? You got to explain what's happening right now that we're all looking way. at our Instagram um, feeds. To find out Humphrey how. has 551 <laughs> followers, so he is a micro. What's less than a nothing, nano? Nothing. There's nothing He's less a than a pseudo influencer. He influences no one. <laughs> it took me about. Whoa, Dave. Way worse. What you got? <laughs> 571 followers. Well, on uh, Instagram. On Instagram. Okay. I, I, I never post anything, so I suppose. I just learned just now how to see how many followers I have, <laughs> and it That's, looks like. Hang on. 619. That's way too long of a drum roll. <laughs> That's a very long drum roll. 619 followers. Thank you. you. You'll get there, Marin. Thank You'll you influence much. eventually. Is yeah. That, is it, uh, so is it something I even want to do? I don't know. I mean, I don't we'll, think... we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Paper cuts. Yeah. Guys. Hey. What is new? What the is gang's new? gang's all back together. Dave's back. I'm looking around the room. I'm thinking we're going to, we're going to be digging up stuff right now. <laughs> um, we're not, we're we're moping. We're I'm moping? not moping. No, I'm surviving. I'm happy. What's wrong? <laughs> to me, you surviving is convi- happy. You didn't convince me. No, I'm just, we've got, okay, so we have chickens in our kitchen. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> that sounds like serious stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Where uh, did that one come that's from? That's a new one. That's good. It's past weekend. Oh, man, that's good. Uh, yeah. I, last week I shared that we kind of had some unexpected chicken gifts that now we are raising these chickens as a part of our farm life, which is great. And we're having a blast, except that poor Chester, that's the name of the little rooster. He's two months old. He's a baby, basically. And first of all, he was effectively blind because oh, he, yeah. he had these huge like head feathers that were down over his eyes because he's a Polish rooster and they're they're bred that way. So head, we ended up head feathers. Yeah, like like he had the great fabulous bangs. <laughs> <laughs> he had these bangs. But feather bangs. It meant that he couldn't find his way to food. He couldn't find his way into the coop yeah. at night. So he I found him outside like staring at a wall. <laughs> he was just standing there because he didn't know what to do. <laughs> so we took him inside. We we trimmed his his bangs and he was able to see and he was very happy. He was suddenly, it was a whole different... Like with scissors? Yes. Yeah, we trimmed the Good. feathers Is short. Is it hard to do to hold them still in the No, he's trim? super t- tiny and he just was making these awful sad noises. Oh. It, was, it was so... Anyway... I love squirrel noises. Yeah. Yep. And so we did that and we thought, okay, what a, what a wild ride. Poor Chester 
now he can see we're all good. No, that's not the end of the story because what then began to happen as he and this other baby uh, chick were both hanging out with all these massive adult hens is that, <laughs> have you ever heard of a pecking order? Oh yes. yeah. That's yeah. a real thing among oh. chickens where they establish who's the boss. And I got to tell you, Marge, the large and in charge Marge. She is large. She is the white one. She's a boss and she does not mess around. And She's a unit. Yeah, she is an absolute unit of a chicken. And she and the other hens began pecking Chester ceaselessly. And he's too young to really know you got to get out of the way. When so these you guys like look out the window and. No, I was just walk, watching them. And I'm like, they're just jabbing his little literally, head. Literally hen. Pen. And so they started. Yep. There, all these new analogies are opening up. Used to just be uh, rabbit trails. Now it's henpecked wow. and coop, cooped up. And anyway, wow. So they were pulling out the little new feathers that were growing, not from the. See? He already had a bald spot where the new feathers were coming in, <laughs> but they were pecking all of those out, and he was bleeding on the on his scalp. And then they, one of them pecked out one of his tail feathers, and oh. he was just blood bloody back there. And whenever chickens see blood, they start pecking at it, and they'll peck each other to death unless you separate them. So we had to put Chester somewhere. And then it dropped into sub-freezing temperatures. Oh, my goodness. Off did, with their heads. We had no way of keeping him safe in the coop. So we said, all right, we're bringing him and his girlfriend, Chelsea. That's the other, oh, they the other baby. Chester they, and Chelsea. They love each other, and they're both terrified of the big hens together. So we said, all right, we're going to move them both into a dog crate in our house so that they can survive. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So this morning, as I'm about to leave, I look down, and I see Rue staring down, our, our rabbit oh. staring down at the two chickens from outside the fence. And she She's like, this is my house. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that uh, is our life now. So do rabbits like cohabitate with chickens? Have we ever they do. tried this? They do. And they're right. usually fine. But in this case, Rue is like not so not sure about these, these other creatures. <laughs> uh, so you have chickens in your house. It's not permanent. As, long, it's a, as well as 14 rabbits. 12 rabbits. Let's and be clear. Two, and two chickens <laughs> inside your house. The, the, yeah, the baby rabbits will be up for adoption relatively soon. They'll be on their way. We'll be back to like a manageable four rabbits instead of <laughs> oh my. 12. My but. favorite post from last week as Olivia said, I have like something like I have 12 rabbits and five chickens and a berry all taking naps yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. And a berry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so th things on the, on the farm. Yeah. Are fun. Is it noisy? <laughs> No, they guys, they're so adorable. The little sounds that they make. I don't Chickens? know. If these guys, the babies are just so cute. I might see if I can Chester play this video. They, they just talk to each other all day long. Um, here, I think I've got this video. I'll see if this, see if this works. See if you can hear this. No, not a bit. Nope. Is your silence on? Maybe. Ooh, but look at that, Marin. Marin no, at the help desk. It's too quiet. I can't. I can't uh, hear really? it. I'm sorry. I can. Uh, I'll send I was getting Tyler really the audio worked up about yeah. chicken noises. Anyway, there, uh, yeah. that's that's what's going on with our <laughs> life. That sounds like my nightmare. But I'm glad you guys are having a blast. <laughs> the the other day, yesterday, fourteen. It's a lot of animals. So like, I, animals in my house. I get up every morning and I have to make the rounds because I usually live gets up first on the week. Ends. I get up first on the weekdays. Usually, whoever gets up first has to go and like give all the rabbits 
pellets yeah. and hay and water and make sure they're all good to go. So I'll make my rounds through like all the rounds. 20 minutes. Yeah, it takes a while. And then I, I put on my winter boots and my <laughs> coat and my hat and walk out to the barn and take care of the chickens, let them out of the coop and stuff. But then yesterday morning I get out there and I realize, oh my gosh, we hadn't planned for sub-zero temperatures mm. or sub-freezing temperatures Uh-oh. at this point. So their water was starting to freeze over. And you know how if rabbits don't have hay and like food on a regular basis, they die? Well, if chickens don't have water, they die. So I was like, all right. Getting a little thirsty. Yeah, that's a that's so ac- accurate and appropriate. So anyway, so yesterday morning, like before work, I had to MacGyver a cookie tin light bulb lamp heater thing for the bottom of their water feeder. Yes. And it, made, it worked. So they're not going to die. I'm going to stab myself with a machete and then I will die. <laughs> You are out of control over there today. I'm on it today, but man. Enough, but enough about me and my farm. Yeah. How what's are you guys, you guys doing? Oh, my word. Merritt, what's up with you? You got you. Uh, you went down south. I did. I went to the deep south. Where'd you go? I went to Atlanta, Georgia this weekend. Great. For like a whirlwind two-day trip. Um, a friend of ours, actually a friend of ours from Chicago, my husband grew up with, um, this young man actually stood in our wedding 17 long years ago. Wow. Um, but we got to go witness him be married. So mm-hmm. that was super awesome. Just me and Jed hitting the open road. So you drove, children. you drove down. That's like nine hours. No, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah nine. No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you just went to the wedding and came back home. Like as any touristy things, anything fun. Okay. Well, this is where it gets a little awkward. Oh, because they had fried chicken, right? We went on. <laughs> <laughs> did I call it or did oh, I call no. it? Mary, we, close your ears. <laughs> we went on what I am referring to as a chicken sandwich odyssey. <laughs> this is definitely unique. This is where it gets awkward, guys. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hey, oh, no. We, we did. We knew it was going to happen, too. So please continue. Yeah. No, that was literally it. We tried every so time chicken you, sandwich between here and Atlanta and back. We what does that mean? We went to Popeyes. We went to Bojangles. We went to Zach's. <laughs> and the best of all, uh, what was it? What was the name of that place? We went. To, we stopped at some place in Nashville for hot wait, chicken. Wait, hang on. Wait, yeah, I've these questions. are all chains. I, yes, those. It's like we went to Burger King. We went to McDonald's. Okay, all, I was waiting. You're gonna <laughs> this private little place that nobody yeah. goes to out in the middle of the boondocks yeah. in Georgia. Like where's the Chick Fil A? You went well, to you the Bojangles. <laughs> Once again, it's like remember the Office when uh, Michael Scott goes to New York City and he's like, "I'm gonna get a New York City slice," and he goes to Sbarro Pizza. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I mean, we're driving. There wasn't a lot of time. We had very little time to get to Uh the actual wedding and then probably even less time to get home. We at least stopped overnight on the way down to Atlanta, but on the way home, it was drive straight home because we both had to work Mm. the next day. So, yeah, I mean, all. So you just wanted the hype of some chicken sandwiches. Oh, so you got one. Yeah, I had not yet tried it. How is it? My husband had tried it without me. The Popeyes? I was very sad. Yes. Was the hype? I finally got mine. Is it real? Yes. It is legitimate. It's legit. And even, okay, so the, the fancy People are dying we over the same. Literally yeah, killing no. each other. I mean, I wouldn't recommend that. Here's what we what, did. Killing each other? We went, through, <laughs> we went through the drive-thru. So if you want to, you know, get the sandwich and stay safe, drive-thru is the way to go. <laughs> oh, there was, I saw a clip. The body a, slam? No. Have you seen that one? I don't know. Maybe. Oh my God. There was yeah. a clip of a guy who was works at Popeye's. <laughs> Who was selling chicken sandwiches out the back door on like the black market 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a fellow employee caught him and they got in a fight in the middle of Popeye's. Like in the kitchen, you it's, could see the two employees fighting each good. other. Really? It really is. So have you heard of a place called Hattie Bee's in Nashville, Tennessee? Famous for their hot chicken. Oh, yeah. I now think we're I've talking. E- I- I've eaten now there. we're talking. This yeah. is a local joint. That is a local okay. joint. There's Barry, a line. Barry has cold sweats. Yes, right. No, guys, this I is- get it. Chicken tastes good. Like, I'm not <laughs> debating that. I just, I just, we Where just have different, uh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. So who, won, who wins? Popeye's? to be the best, and it, it just wasn't. It Wait. was maybe second best. Popeye's was, was second best? No, Hattie B's. Oh, yeah. Hattie's B's was the best. Second best. <laughs> to Popeye's? So, let me just get this straight. So, so Bojangles. <laughs> lowest, lowest. Lowest. All right. Well, that's not a surprise. Popeye's, no. Hattie B's. Jed punched a guy. Zaxby's. Zaxby's. Mm-hmm. Well, you had all of these? I said it was an Odyssey, Dave. <laughs> It was a chicken sandwich odyssey. Yeah. And the guy that served you had one eye. Does anyone understand that? Wait, who's that? Popeye? That's from the Odyssey. Yeah, for, but like, what's his name? Oh. Odysseus. This is Cyclops. Yeah, oh, Cyclops. <laughs> I said Colossus. Yeah, Cyclops. Yeah. Sorry. All right. <laughs> so, speaking of eating. Great. <laughs> Tyler, speaking of eating. Well, Tyler. all right. Guys. <laughs> speaking of. The opposite of eating. My wife. Oh, man. I've communicated to my wife. She is no longer allowed to leave the house. <laughs> Ever. For longer than like six to seven hour periods at a time. Two weeks ago in this show. Yes. I talked about how she left for an evening and our son got sick. Yeah. That's what that little audio clip was. Can we hear it again? When he told your your oh, snoring yeah. dog. Be, be quiet. Yeah. yeah, that's that's him being sick, yelling at the dog for snoring. Uh, and that was two weeks ago. Smash cut to Thursday. My wife leaves to go out of town, support her friend who's having a baby. She's gone for, she bought a one-way ticket. All right, so I don't know how long she's going to be out of town. Ooh. Night number one. Look out. 1 a.m. Dada! Sicky, sicky again. Oh my goodness. All right. So I run in. I think he's probably just having a nightmare. Nope. nope. Sicky, sicky again. <laughs> and he pr- proceeded to be sicky, sicky. <laughs> and Sorry, for like, not funny. <laughs> for like not, not funny. the next so 48 funny. hours. Oh. Oh. oh, all right. So well. that's one thing. So like the, the, the moral of this story is single parents are heroes. Yes. Right. Like I, I need to find a single parent ministry and just like serve there all the time because yes. holy cow, I can't imagine taking care of a sicky, sicky kid with other kids by myself. Right. Where right. did sicky, sicky come from? He just started saying it. Oh my goodness. Da, da, sicky, sicky. Oh. All right. So he's, he's puking. What's the like pod friendly way to ralphing? Uh, too late. <laughs> too late. You already said yeah. uh, So he, he, he's getting sick. Okay. And uh, every 20 minutes Ooh. for oh, man. for 17 hours straight. Oh. Um, all right. So uh, we bought a new house in June. Uh, we've got two bathrooms. And the closest bathroom to where he's being sicky-sicky in, I rush him there. And he's like standing over the toilet. I'm like, buddy, if you got to go, just like. <laughs> Getting real graphic. You want to fast forward through this part <laughs> yeah, of the pod. Yeah. You might want to fast ahead, forward. like 20 tr- seconds. Trigger warning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, buddy, if you gotta, if you gotta go, just go in the toilet. Well, we have a, somebody who built the house or installed the HVAC system, put a vent 
Genius. Like, within three inches of Genius. the toilet. In front of the toilet. <laughs> and so, two-year-old got sicky-sicky into the vent Ooh, twice. Twice. <laughs> twice. Oh, yeah, I didn't hear that part. Uh, wow. Okay, so that's whatever. I'm dealing with a sick kid. Everybody who has kids has to deal with a sick kid. That's fine. What I didn't anticipate is that anybody who came into contact with him in the next like four days also got hit with this plague. Both of my parents got sick. I got sick. Uh, his cousin, who's the same age as him, got sick. Lauren's family members got sick. All because of Milo being sicky sicky. So Lauren is never allowed to ha- leave the house. Never. Ever. <laughs> and we can't trace it back to someone Milo came into contact with who, knows? who was sicky sicky. Probably. Oh, no, I don't know. Because, I mean, my daughter stayed home from school sick Monday. When Ooh, we it's were, Desi's we fault. We were driving home from Atlanta, <laughs> yeah. and she stayed home. And that happens maybe every other year. My daughter will allow herself to miss mm, a day I get that. of school. Man. Yeah, this is no good. Um, but he's on the mend. We got Disney Plus. <laughs> Disney Plus came out on Tuesday. Um, You're good. Is Lauren good. home yet? Lauren got home last night. The handoff, the handoff was complete. You have to have some kind of soundbite on this. Yeah. On her getting back. Uh, yeah, so we're good. We're good there. But uh, yeah, single parents, man. Single parents that have to do stuff like that by themselves every time. My goodness, you are a hero. Heroes. Wow. I can't wait till Lauren has to go somewhere and you have two children home alone. I don't Would think you? it's going to be allowed anymore. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. I will make sure it happens. Hey, Lauren, let's just go somewhere. I was like, oh, and when I was sicky sicky, I said he got me sick. Um, I'm like in the middle of getting sicky sicky and he is awake and standing like outside of the door and he's like, Dada, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, buddy, I'm sick. He's like, Dada, it's my fault. Like, oh, oh, my see. oh my goodness. <laughs> Sad dad. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, buddy, it's all right. <laughs> he didn't say that. Yes, oh, that's yes, awful. Yeah. You said, all good yes, you said yes, it is. If I you had like, gone <laughs> in the vent <laughs> yeah, and I hadn't had to clean you it up. Known, buddy. I'm glad you know. Wow. Oh, so that's me. Uh, guys, we're on a time crunch this time, yeah, so are. I want to make sure we get to sermon and talking about social media stuff. Um, so Dave, yeah. I, I'm not going to ask you what's new with you. It's inconsequential. Okay. <laughs> okay. Inconsequential. All right. All right. Uh, Dave, thanks for being here. You gave oh. a message in our, the second week of our series, the good life focused on technology and, um, yeah, thanks for being here. I want to hear mm. from you what. Uh, the big idea was for anybody who hasn't heard the sermon yet or may have missed it uh, over the weekend. Yeah. Well, the big idea, here's the big motto or the phrase, and Barry, you came up with this, uh, was uh, your identity is in Christ, not in likes. So we, I took that and expanded it um, and actually shared what was to me some stunning new research Um and the volume of research on this subject is overwhelming on the idea of self-image and self-worth um, as relates to social media mm-hmm. in two in two ways. Uh, yeah. Number one, the whole likes thing, and that is who who likes what I post. Um, yeah. And then then uh, that phrase, which is new a new phrase, social media envy. Hmm. 
which is the second aspect that we we will struggle with when it comes to our self-worth. Yeah. So one is likes and the other is um, social media envy. And then uh, essentially the rest of the message, I was just trying to point to the idea of where our identity should lie in the yep. love of God for us, our transformation as followers of Jesus. And then uh, looked at Romans 12, 1 and 2 for a, a little bit of a model of how to, on a regular basis, hand back to God our self-image as an act of worship to mm. continually uh, have him reframe our thinking of ourselves. There, There's the whole sermon. In, yeah, wow. That was three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so those stats were pretty staggering in terms of what the impact. You, you, you said social media has a hold of our self-image a lot yeah. of times. Um in in my work, I've also I've I've found statistics about like what liking something mm-hmm. says about you, mm-hmm. the liker. And this is this may be a different conversation, but I think it points to when at the at the end of your sermon, you were like, think twice about what you post, what you yeah. like, like that kind of stuff. Um, but this is what likes say about us uh, because of like how. Facebook and other people are collecting data on us. If we like something, if we have liked something in the social media world, 10 times Facebook or that social media platform knows more about you than your coworkers. Hmm. That only takes 10 likes. Hmm. 70. If you've liked something 70 you may times, like a certain subject, anything. So like if, if you oh, post you like 10, any things on Facebook yeah. and they know if more about you than your like, coworkers. If you okay. clicked a like button. Yeah. Because okay. of the algorithms, they can compare yeah. you yep. to all the other people. Yep. Yeah. Yep. If you, if you've clicked a like button 70 times, Facebook knows more about you than your friends do. 150 times. They know more about you than your parents do. 300 times more about you than your spouse does more than 300 times. These social media platforms know more about you than you know about yourself. So think twice before you like something. I'm going to push back on that for my own personal experience. Uh, okay. <laughs> if Facebook knows more about me than my spouse, then why do they only show me rabbit and baby pictures? Because I care about more than that in this world, but that's all that Facebook thinks I like. Not You're according to your well behavior. <laughs> why, why do I keep seeing pictures of boots? <laughs> <laughs> like in the world? What? Facebook knows more about you than you do. I keep getting the... I, keep getting these boot ads <laughs> because you googled boots once yeah, did you yeah and they're like hey just following up with you on that whole boot <laughs> look. boot thing yeah. uh dave you've you've commented on my pictures nice boots before i have yeah that's yeah. it yeah um so you talked a lot about the the idea of a dope or you didn't talk a lot about it but you mentioned the, the idea of a dopamine rush yeah and which getting, barry brought you brought it up the first week yeah, yeah. Uh, and getting likes is sometimes the equivalent in our brains chemically to like eating chocolate or winning yeah. money. But it's um, not, but here's, here's the twist. Um, the dopamine hit is less about a pleasure hit. It's more about an addictive hit. Right. Meaning, uh, it, it gets to that part of you that wants more. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. That was the, you, had you found that bear? Did you, had you, when you were doing the research on Yeah, I've seen a lot about that. It's the, I mean, if we were living in a, you know, in the jungle, it would be the kind of thing that's like, ah, this fruit that I just ate was good for my nutrition. My brain tells me get more of that fruit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But but we don't, survival's not on the line. Now it's a matter of Mm. 
anything else around us that, that is addictive and what the social media companies know is that if they can harness that and make you feel that to come back to their platform again and again, then they've got you. Yep. Mm. And Um, you you likened it to a potato chip. Yeah. Well, yep, for sure. Cause that's, that's me. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you said that my husband and I, we, we listened uh, on our way home from Atlanta and it just made total sense that it's more than just the the pleasure center. It creates that insatiable hunger. Yep. Yep. You want more. Mm Mm-hmm. So when I post something, I don't, I don't post a lot of stuff anymore, but when I do, I definitely pay attention to who's liking it. And every time I see the little like notification that comes up saying Barry Rod liked it or Marin, you don't really like stuff I post, but uh, somebody likes it. I like go, I click on it every time and I'm like, I know what the picture is. I just posted. Why am I going back to look at it? But I just like go back to admire my likable. Yeah. Now I want to tell you about a conflict. I did have a conflict. I'm not sure I actually clicked on like when you showed the picture of the vent, but it it created a bit of a conflict. Do I like that? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to wonder. Mm -hmm. Do I like, do you like, I don't really like the idea of that, but do I like that you you posted the picture of the thing that's gross? Do you like my pain? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was weird. Um, social media, you said social media makes us more vulnerable. It extends the range in which we can be envied and envy others. And this is where obviously yeah. you talked about social media envy and it's, it's almost like, um, can you go a little bit, actually, can you go a little bit more into detail about what that, what you meant by the that? social media envy yeah. thing, uh, which is, which is interesting. Um, I'm trying to say, I'm going to see if I can actually say this story. It was very poignant only days before um, the sermon. I was having a conversation with, uh, okay, a young mom who was about to give birth to a baby. And at that point, there was a question as to whether the baby would actually survive because the Mm -hmm. baby has a very serious illness. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank God, as of today, the baby is doing fairly well. But at that moment, there there was a question... Um, and she, in the most painful, emotional way, described what it was like facing the birth of this baby and looking at pictures of her friend's babies Yeah, on social media. Mm-hmm. And even, and I don't remember exactly what she said, but I think it was something like, I don't know, what am I going to post? What am I going to say? How am I going to feel from this point on? Yeah. Uh, about seeing pictures of healthy babies. And that's like maybe the most extreme. I wouldn't call what she was facing envy. It was like she was going to have to face her own reality yeah. every time she looked at social media. Mm-hmm. Right? So and that's probably extremely common. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. That that example is, is probably yeah. extremely and, common. And I think I, I used a quote uh, from Northeast University's survey on this. There was a... a I think, or maybe I took that quote out about a person who struggled with her own, I think she lost a baby or Mm -hmm. something. And so I, again, that's extreme you know, on the other end of the spectrum was the dude who, uh, the quote of the guy who was tired of seeing his friend post pictures of his car. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, so envy is like, essentially we know what envy is. I mean, you look at something and you go, well, that's not my life. I wish it was my life and stop putting what isn't my life in my face. Well, then stop looking at Instagram because this is the way it's. (laughs) This yeah. is the way it's going to be. Social yeah. media envy. I mean, it's life envy. Yeah. It's not social media envy. It's just 
It's just envy. Yeah. It's interesting because, I mean, again, I'm thinking back to my own childhood as an elder millennial, as we talked about last week. Life's, life was so different back then. You had a roll of film. You took a bunch of photos and then you- You're a grown up boy. And then you went and deli- you developed those. And like, what was it? Like days or a week later, you could look at the photos and see what you took and be like, oh, that was out of focus, whatever. But oh, here's the one photo of us all together. Yeah. That's the one you get. And nobody looked flattering ever, ever, because <laughs> that is just how yeah. flashes worked and the haircuts and all that. Yeah. So that was your photo. You look back at that's your memory. But now every single scene, whether it's a group of people smiling and waving at the camera, whether it's a supposedly candid shot of two people playing, you know, guy, dad playing with his son on the carpet. It's there's like 50 photos taken and then they curate the very best one and then yeah. crop it and make sure the lighting is good. And that's the photo that gets posted yep. of that quote unquote candid moment. And it's like, okay, everything is, is curated now. Mm-hmm. So what we are putting out into the world is the very extremely best possible spin yeah. on what life is. And mm-hmm. it's, and we're only posting the things that we think will help our perspective or our perception as a, well put together, happy, wonderful person. So it's like, I don't know. It's just such a different thing from the, you know, the unflattering photos of our youth. Well, and then do you ever see somebody post a picture that is clearly not doctored and it's yeah. like out of focus and blurry and yeah. it's like half of the object they were trying to get in the frame. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, why would you even post that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, com- and you always comment that. Right? <laughs> that's not helping. And Marin always comments that exact same thing. Why, why? would you post this? <laughs> yeah. I have a sister that does that. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Are you guys yeah. familiar? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I'd like no I was going to say the, then on the other end of the spectrum, what are we going to do? Like Barry said, we're going to burn it all down. No. Right. right. It is here to stay. The question is not, do we do the thing that Christians tend to do, and that's blow things up and call them evil, or do we redeem it, or how do we handle? You know, it's more like how do I, how do I prosecute this war? How do I, how do I go about this? Not do I give up? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah. people should give up. Maybe it's it's so overwhelming that they can't handle the envy, they can't handle the like thing. So maybe it's for them. It's get out. I don't know. But there's a whole other level of what we're talking about and I don't know are you guys familiar with the word ratioed yeah Marin knows what you're talking about (laughs) no I don't so ratioed means all right so I said you know there's nano influencers right there's there's like seven tiers of types of social media influencers within that if I po- if I'm a social media influencer and I have a hundred thousand followers and I post something, but I only get seventy likes, my ratio is way off from followers to oh, okay. engagement. All right, mm. yeah. yeah, that's a bad thing in social media world. But if I have a hundred followers and I have eighty likes, that's great. My ratio is great. So if you got ratioed, that means it doesn't matter that you got all those likes if you have a hundred times more followers. Right. So. There's just this, well, there's a whole other like psychology hmm. well, that part now to it adds that is more pressure. Thank yeah, you. Right. It's well, worse. It's because there are so many ways to get followers, and not all followers are actually people who are right. concerned about what you have. So you don't actually influence people if they're just following you because you follow them, and it's this whole uh, cycle. It's all yeah. My mind just blew. everything is fake, <laughs> <laughs> and like the effectiveness or impact of stuff is determined by likes in our culture. So somebody tweets this really interesting article 
that could be very damaging to, to one or many people. Uh, but it's important. Okay. Think of the, like the me too movement or something. Uh, if that, if the person who tweets that article only got like seven retweets or five likes or something, nobody takes that guy seriously. It's right. like, well, right. Right. No, no nobody's right. paying attention to that guy. He's only got five likes. But the article is still the truth, you yes. know, and right. it's, yeah. it's just wild how. Yeah. Yeah. And one piece of research I read was studying um, the believability, believability vis-a-vis the number of likes and retweets. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the truthfulness that is the perceived truthfulness of something based on the number of retweets and likes. Um, fascinating. Hey, side note, I got to tell you about another interaction I had this past weekend and uh, I can't. I can't stop thinking about it because it, well, I'd, I'd like to know what you guys think about it. I was getting ready to do the message and, and uh, we were having a conversation before the service with uh, some of the members of the production team. And one of the members of the production team, he just out of the blue, he goes, my birthday was this past week. And on Facebook, I had 70 happy birthday comments or reactions or whatever they are. And he said, I've never had that many people say happy birthday to me before. Mm. And that's all he said. And I thought, okay, what, what does, what do you, here's what, here's what I think he was saying is maybe social media is not so bad that 70 people more than any other time in my life, somebody acknowledged my birthday. Yeah. Mm. And there's truth in that. Mm -hmm. And. Yeah, and I so I was I think what he was saying is don't throw this all away. That actually touched me. Yeah, something on Facebook touched me. Yeah, and I I, I agree with that to an extent because I've had that happen where I'm like, wow, random person from 20 years ago. I can't believe mm-hmm. you would take the time to yeah. acknowledge that I exist still 20 years later. Like, yeah, I I get that. I think my question is how how much you know do we need. Is it, is it enough for my three other people in my immediate family to genuinely tell me they love me, mm-hmm. wish me a happy birthday? Is it quantity over that's quality? Great, yeah, that's a very important question. Yes, it is quality. And it gets to the whole self-image, self Yeah, it, it gets to the core of the issue. Mm. Uh, yeah, so this is kind of interesting. I've recently kind of just been out of curiosity learning a little bit about how the YouTube algorithm works. And it's really fascinating that um, major YouTubers, because, you know, there are these are another form of extreme influencers, are having to not do content that they love, but do content that gets engagement with yeah. people, mm-hmm. you know, and clickbaity titles and all that stuff simply to survive, mm-hmm. to be able to continue to make content, they have to compromise. And the reason is because the algorithm is designed around one goal. And that is to keep viewers watching as much YouTube as possible. And so mm-hmm. videos are rewarded, not by being the most relevant or interesting or, or even liked anymore. It's, it's subscribe. It, and yeah, and not even subscribe. It's, it's whether or not people watch how much of it will they watch? Hmm. And so people have to design their videos now to keep people tuned into the video as long as possible. Hmm. It is so, and it's so, but they have to get them to the video because if it never gets seen, 
then no one will ever click on it. So it's, wow. they have to, yeah. It's, and so if you watch, <laughs> exactly. So if you watch like some of the major, like trending YouTube videos nowadays, you'll see the first thing you see is like a wild title, which is like, I ate 40,000 marbles. Yeah. And you're like, what? And you're like, I got to click on it. And then it starts out with a long story about when I was a child, I would, you know, and you're like, wait a second. And you end up watching this whole long thing because you want to see them eat the marbles. Mm. I don't know. Whatever, I made Can't that up. Dive into a pool of Jello. Yeah, exactly. Watch that one. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's like, <laughs> it really, if it's just diving into a pool of Jello, you could get that over with in ten seconds. Marin, Marin's I, in. She, she I watched that. <laughs> it could just be a ten-second video. Like, hey, here's the pool of Jello. But no, it's probably like a fifteen-minute yeah, video, yeah, right? Yeah. So, oh, totally. It's it's so interesting. So, I, and every one of the social media platforms has their own goal in mind, whether it's to keep you yeah. scrolling or to keep you interacting. Whatever it is they want you, they're all manipulating you. Well, and let's be honest, why? Because to make money. they want to make money. Cha-ching. Well, we need a cha-ching sound effect. Don't, oh, I, I just got rid of one. one. I just got rid of it. Oh, oh too I bad. never used it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, you lead a, or you led a, um, rooted group full of teenagers. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. High school kids that are part of Grace Church. Can you shed some light on just maybe what you've seen as it relates to this from that group of folks in this regard, like as we're talking about anxiety and loneliness and stress. And, yeah. Um, yeah. We didn't talk actually, we, we didn't talk much about social media. We're in actually getting ready to do week 10. Uh, I love these kids. I really do. And so does Penny. What I have noticed, although I will say after the, after Monday night, one of the young men in, in the group wanted to have a very animated conversation with me and Barry, you'll pro- he'll probably follow up with you because mm-hmm. he, he, he wants to engage, he actually wants to write a book on this subject and he wants to talk to social media influencers. He really wants to talk with you and with Olivia because he sees what you're doing. Just let him know Barry's a nano. Nano. Nano, nano influencer. <laughs> nano influencer. But uh, at any rate, we had a, and, and he was not critical, but he wanted to engage wondering if I was saying burn it all down yeah. because he doesn't, he doesn't feel that way. And we had a really good, excellent conversation. All that to say, Here's what I've noticed with the kids. I, if they're listening, some of them are probably listening to this. Um, I'm not going to go into detail, but one of the things we've learned about all of us in the group is the level of anxiety yeah. that they are dealing with, for that matter, me, I am dealing with is, uh, I'm tired of saying this, is at a level that I've never seen in 40 years of pastoral work. Yeah. So anxiety through the roof. Uh, self-image issues through the roof. And when I talk, and I'm not talking about, if you're thinking, oh, kids, you know, kids, they struggle, teenage years. No, no, no. Disabuse yourself of that kind Mm -hmm. of patronizing thought about these kids. They're dealing with life-altering anxiety and depression. And so are you, listener. I mean, we're all struggling with this because we are living in in an age of chronic anxiety. So there, sermon for the day. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I really appreciated you kind of calling out your generation and, and, and up saying, this is what your grandkids yeah. are going through. This is what, this is part of why yeah. if social media is not the reason why, but it plays a part, like the external validation of getting likes or getting yeah. that kind of feedback or missing out or, uh, what is that noise? All right. Something, I don't know. Something, something fell. Uh, 
plays a part in yeah. all of this, in the yeah. stress and anxiety and all that stuff. Yeah, let me call out Brad Becky because it was after the sermon. I don't think the campuses saw. I didn't mention the grandfathers and parents, grandparents and parents thing to the campuses because Brad's the one who approached me after the first, after five o'clock on Saturday night and said, hey, uh, you know, you might want to say something to grandparents and parents who wonder about the viability of this subject. And so yeah. that's why on, in the, in the, the Sunday morning, I talked about that and he was dead on. So thanks, Brad. Yeah. Uh, and I actually have had uh, at least one grandparent approach me and say, thank you. That was a good reminder for me. Yeah. Yeah. As I look at my kids and grandparents. I know a lot of grandparents that are only on social media to keep up with their kids or grandkids or to see pictures right. of their grandkids. And yeah. they're engaging in it, I guess, in that way. I sent an article to my daughter a couple of days before your sermon. Um, it's from the Wall Street Journal. And the title of it was The Lonely Burden of Today's Teenage Girls. And it said, amid our huge unplanned experiment with social media, new research suggests that many American adolescents are becoming more anxious, depressed, and solitary. Yeah. And so I just sent it to her and said, I'd love to know your thoughts on the subject because she doesn't have an Instagram yet. And that's a mm. bit of a point of contention, yeah. you know, parents to Desi teens. wants that gram. She wants that gram. <laughs> Got a gram. have it yet. Yeah. And so the article and, and really your sermon went a long way in me saying, these are the things that I fear that yeah. you will, um, ex I mean, you're already to some degree experiencing that fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. Whenever you find out that kids from your class were hanging out and you didn't even know they were hanging out yeah. and for some reason you didn't get invited, but what gets intensified is when you see pictures of them hanging out yeah. and now they're everywhere. And, how and all these pictures are like the perfect shots of yes. them laughing. And <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And she, yeah. she understood that. She said, yeah, the fear of missing out is real. Hmm. And the anxiety is real. And one of the things that the Wall Street Journal article pointed to was, think about it. Most teenage kids, let's say 15 years ago, would be hanging out on a Saturday night. And now most teenagers, including my daughter, are often at home on their phones yeah. watching Netflix on a Saturday night. Hmm. It's it's this funneling. It's yep. this isolation. Can you at least tell her that by the time she's my age, she'll be like, thank goodness I'm missing out. <laughs> <laughs> when she just wants to go eat donuts and play board games yeah I'm like man is that uh is that another acronym to gmo yeah versus FOMO. Versus FOMO. thank goodness i'm missing seriously out. i i see stuff like that and in my younger days i would have been like man they didn't invite me but now i'm like thank goodness i don't have to go do that <laughs> that's it that's another interesting side of this though I don't know what that whole loneliness side of things is really fascinating. We're going to talk about relationships at the last week of this uh, series, but it, we as a culture now like dread having to do social interactions in many, mm -hmm. yes. in many cases. Yes. And we like, if it works out that we're not, that something gets canceled or we don't have to go, we're like, Oh yes. I can stay home. It's so interesting. Cause I, I feel like that's happened in my life. Like I wasn't, I didn't feel that way. Years ago, now right. I do sometimes, and yeah. it's it's weird. Hmm. I would love to hear what people think. What is the reason for that? Why? Why yeah. does it feel good to not be included? Yeah. Or why do we not have a desire to spend face-to-face -face time with people like we used to? Well, it, that, is that too general? Because I think between my husband and I, like he's the party animal. Mm -hmm. So anytime there is an opportunity to go and interact, he jumps on it. Yeah, but he grew up kind of... Not doing that stuff though, right? Like, 
Oh, no, no, no. He he grew up in a very, how do I put this? Like, like people around all the time. Yeah. That's what he's used to. And so I've kind of always thought, well, okay, well, maybe that's just, he's so social. <laughs> yeah. He's a seven on the Enneagram. He's so interactive and that brings him to life. When I'm a six on the Enneagram yeah. and I can be a bit more introverted and I really do love just lighting a candle and Worrying and worrying in a world of like alone with my fears, <laughs> <laughs> nothing like it. In a world where everybody's got a calendar, and Ooh, you send I can me spend an a night thinking about how the world's gonna end. Yeah. Oh my goodness, uh, yeah. In a world where everybody's got schedules and a calendar, and Jed's the only friend I have who's like, Hey, what are you doing right now? You want to come yes. over? Yes, I'm at Donuts and Dragons, yeah. <laughs> seriously. Um, all right, so let's, Dave, you said, um, Obviously, that's not where we're supposed to find our identity. Yeah, find our identity in Christ. And my yeah. question it was, what does that mean? What does it mean to find our identity in Christ? And you alluded to, or you spoke to that saying, he's. We are told that we're a marvelous creation. Yeah. Um, and then you went one step further, and you said, what would it be like to not just present not just our bodies or our success or our happiness, but like how we feel about those things, present yeah. those things to Christ? Can you talk a little bit more about? That. Yeah, that Roman, the Romans 12, one thing, uh, present your bodies as living sacrifices. I actually was sitting thinking about that verse and it, it didn't connect. And all of a sudden I thought, okay, uh, present my body. What if I don't like my body? Mm. And then I went, oh my gosh. The, so let's just twist it a little bit. And I don't think it was completely out of context. What if I don't like who I am? And how do I present that to God as a sort of an act of uh, worship and surrender? Mm. Here's this thing that I've constructed about myself that is just flawed yeah. and warped. And what would it be like to worship him by saying, I don't want to mess with this and this is yours, you know, do with me what you want. Mm -hmm. So that's where that, where that came from. Um, maybe it was, maybe I was pushing the context a little bit too much, but um, the key, the key to the whole thing is the, uh, a failure of self-image or a, um, a destruction of self-image has absolutely profound physiological, emotional, and spiritual and psychological yeah. ramifications. They're just this overwhelming. If you show me somebody with a poor self-image, I'll show you a person who probably can't sleep, who probably has depression, has anxiety, probably has stomach problems. Mm. You yeah. can go down. You can go down the list. And that's why self-image is so huge. Uh, mm -hmm. So huge. What's that word? Hugely Huge, crucial. Hugely <laughs> crucial. It's huge. Are you paying attention to what I'm saying? I don't know that I'm paying attention <laughs> to what I'm saying, but um, that, that's why I spent so much time on self-image. Mm -hmm. um, and so some practical things we can do. You said we need to stop feeling like we have to, we have to create the perfect world online. Well, yeah, for one thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, that good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, easy for you to say. Yeah, uh, think twice about the potential impact of posting. Yeah, you have a lot of power because you give someone you give someone the dopamine rush. Yep. when you post something. Yeah, you do. Um, and then speak loving words into others' wives. What <laughs> did you type? Was that a Wait, typo? Back that what? up. What? Will you just read anything on the teleprompter? <laughs> that guy. That was incredible. <laughs> Speak loving words into others' lives. lives. There lives. it is. <laughs> there it is. Between I'm keeping, Sundays. I'm, I'm keeping that in. I'm not yeah, editing keep it, that. No. <laughs> oh my 
So, Tyler, let me just say that you are very eloquent. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I feel like there's a commandment about that or yeah. something. Don't do that. Speak loving words into others' lives. <laughs> I almost said it again. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, social media is like such a public thing, but it's also such a, it feels like such a private yeah. activity. Like I can speak, oh, there's just so much, so many layers to it. I can speak um, loving words into Barry's life on social media, but I could also have a separate account where it's like, oh, I'm not doing that. I could have a, they call it, what do they call it? Finsta? Finsta. Fake Instagram account where it's like. Finsta. Yeah, see? There's there's just, so you have a separate Instagram account. Don't know from, to keep so it that, from your parents. Yeah, your mainly. parents won't see it and you can post, well, I don't even know, I, I, bad stuff. I don't know. Yeah, all the parents right now are going, what? Yeah, or sorry. grandparents or what? Post not bad stuff, but yeah. stuff you don't want your parents to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I think, uh, Marin, what, as I asked you this last week, but as a parent of teenagers, obviously you just said Desi doesn't have mm-hmm. accounts yet, but does Jaden? Yes, he does. Okay, so as a parent of blossoming teenagers mm-hmm. who want this or have this, what what, is, what do sermons like this do to you? Do they help you feel better, feel worse, like gave you more or less anxiety? What does it do to you? Well, just very personally, it brought a bit of clarity to the point where I forget where we were on our chicken sandwich odyssey, but I had to pause (laughs) the video to stop and talk about it right then and there with Jed. It was something that you had said about identity and it, it kind of clicked because, you know, we, we do wrestle with, well, how come we let our sophomore have it, but not our freshman? How come we let our boy have it, but not our girl? What's the deal? And what I felt in that moment was, it was not hard when Jaden reached a certain age, which I think it was within this year that we let him have an Instagram because he doesn't seem to struggle whatsoever. Yeah, he's posting pictures of bugs. Right. He doesn't <laughs> struggle at all with self-image. He's not playing the comparison game, at least maybe. And we, I'm not in my son's head, so maybe he has yeah. moments like yeah. that. But he seems to just truly be comfortable in his own skin Mm -hmm. and know who he is. Mm -hmm. And there's this quiet confidence about him. And so I worry way less than I do about, you know, it kind of feels like throwing my daughter to the sharks Yeah, in a way that she, I know she's impressionable. Yeah, I know she has that fear of missing out. I know because she's very outward about it and we talk about it all the time and it just feels, it's always felt like, why would I put this live grenade in my Mm. child's hand Mm. that, Maybe she'll be ready for it in a couple of years, maybe even in a couple of months. But at least at this point, I just can't in good conscience Mm. bring that into her life. Now, try explaining that to a 14 year old girl why her brother is more comfortable in his own skin. You can't do all that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. She doesn't listen to the pod. So I think we'll be all right. But yeah, you just need to tell her that like her brother, she can only post pictures of snails. (laughs) If you could just be more like your brother. Yeah, Barry so just looked up his account. He I did. Did Isn't post picture of snails. He's only got sixteen posts, and his it's first two so posts precious. are snails. <laughs> so, can I get? Can I get really serious for a second here yeah. because of something you just said? You said in the middle of processing this, you stopped the video and you had a conversation with your husband about this. Yeah, and then you probably engaged your children in mm-hmm. in the subject. Okay, I came from a meeting this morning 
with uh, some guys. Doesn't matter what the meeting was, but there were a bunch of uh, guys, probably younger than me. They had, they all had teen. A lot of them had children, teenagers, and younger kids. Uh, something came up in the conversation about engaging our families, and um, it won't surprise you that nearly every one of them expressed a great deal of frustration. Like one of them said, "I don't know where we don't have dinner together anymore." Hmm. One said. Uh, another one said, we are constantly going from practice to practice to practice to practice, whether it's uh, serving on a worship team for a, of a church or on a soccer team or whatever it is. And they all bemoaning the fact that they're getting virtually no time with their families. So let's, it, it, it hit me, let's take our kids that we're concerned about that are spending more and more time in the privacy of their own heads mm-hmm. in social media, while at the same time, having a a drop off in connection with their families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now put those together. Both things are happening. Now when I'm thinking about you guys, Marin, uh, you and Jed, you engaged your kids mm-hmm. in the conversation. If we allow our kids to continue to get into their own heads away from us, um, it's only going to get worse. The only way to help have a healthy engagement with social media is in community in loving community where we can be together in this process, yeah. especially parents. And it just came home to me today. That's part of our problem. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I feel so old school when I say this, but what was really important for Penny and me and Barry can, we've said this before on the pod, it was hugely important for us to have dinner together. Mm-hmm. You remember bear? Oh yeah. That was a big, big deal. Yeah. Uh, it isn't anymore right. for families. And frankly, because they can't, yeah, because schedules. So, so take the drop, the drop of self image in our kids, mm. and then divorce them from not literally, but divorce them from us mm. as families. That's a bad stew. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll maybe add to that. Jed and I were out of town this weekend, but his parents were here with my kids, and his parents brought my kids to church to hear mm-hmm. that sermon. And they got to talk about that sermon oh, that's cool. with their grandparents. That's so perfect. So it's not just coming no. from their mm-hmm. crusty old parents. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crusty old parents. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was really good. Thanks, Dave. Welcome. It was, I, I, I love this, this series. I hope other people are loving it too. Um, I've got good feedback. Barry, I wanted to tell you, I'm getting really good feedback about the series. Good. Which, which you, when you designed the series, this is what you had in mind. Yeah. Cool. It's it's provocative, and even I think at, sometimes you say different things during different hours. And whatever yeah. went out to the campuses, I think you had mentioned something about TikTok. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My daughter took issue with that. Mm-hmm. She said she said he didn't look at any of the memes. He, he, only, <laughs> he only saw the stuff that's not good. She said, "I'd like to just get some of my friends and like we could all just sit around Dave and show him the memes." I, they, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to do we that. We need but to I, uh, record that I, on video if that ever happens. I got I downloaded teens it. showing memes. Yes. Teens and memes. Teens show Dave memes. <laughs> it was all well and good when the guy was talking to his dog Penny and the dog was saying yep yep. <laughs> That was all well and good. or, And then there was like, why? Oh, no. Can't look at that. What? what? I don't know. Right. What are we talking about? Right. But then you, she wants to show you the memes. Oh, oh so, TikTok. Okay. So someday, tell her to have a meme party and OK Boomer will show up. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, Boomer. <laughs> oh, it's a great series. It really is. Barry, where we go next? Ooh, this next week will be interesting because we're talking about Sabbath, which is all about stopping from what we're doing uh, for the purpose of breaking the chains of addiction and slavery that our mm-hmm. devices and our technology has over us. Mm. It'll be provocative and it will lead mm. into our No Screen Saturday Challenge, November 23rd, which I think will be memorable. Get ready, everybody. <laughs> no screens. No screens. No screens. Better listen to your pod early. I feel like I'm already planning how that's going to be possible. That's yeah. the that whole sad? point. Isn't no, that that's the point. That you like, have to prepare. Like two weeks in advance. No, no. Watch your cooking videos now, Marin. How am I going to go? Like, I got to upload. I have to upload my sermon notes the day day early. Like, oh, it's, it's all. We're all. We're gonna do it. We're gonna make it happen. It's gonna be great. All right. Between now and, well, not then, but. Next time. Yeah. Marin, will you please send us out? Do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.